This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. I got some friends here with me as always. It is another Monday night, our first Monday night of 2024, and we are here to entertain the masses just like we do every single Monday night. Uh, we've been off the last couple weeks, but we are back now in full force, and we are going to have a good time tonight. So the first thing we need to do is introduce uh, one of my buddies. His name is the director. His name is Scott Hand. Are you there, sir? Yes, I am. Happy New Year, bud. Yeah, hey, happy 2024. Uh, we we all made yeah. it. Uh, you know, nobody got uh, too crazy over the uh, over the holiday weekend. And uh, yeah, actually, I was just thinking about something. This is actually our second show of 2024. Uh, uh, this is actually uh, your first show of 2024 with us. Uh, you were a little bit yeah. under the weather, and uh, I, I guess you recovered nicely. So we're back. In full force and having a good time. Absolutely, ready, ready to do another show. And uh, I just got, uh, I just got word from uh, our friend Matthias. Uh, he had a uh, a little family emergency, uh, so he's not going to be with us tonight. So I guess Scott, you and I uh, will have to front this thing together. I guess. Oh, wait a minute, though. I I got somebody that could co-host with us if you want. You do? Uh, what would it yeah, take yeah, I got one of my actors. What would it take for you to get hold of him? How long would it take? Uh, not long, not long. Hold on a second. Hold on. All right. Well, yeah, I'll go ahead and put you on hold, and then uh, try and get a hold of him, and then uh, give him the call-in number. Then uh, we'll. Uh, okay. We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do, do this. Scott. Go. Cool. Uh, All right. Have him call in. Oh. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. He's calling. All right. Okay. As soon as I see him. Uh, on the board, I will... Uh, Luke Demuse. Okay, I will... Uh, let, as soon as, oh, there he is right there. Let's bring him on here. Hello. Hello, caller 1137. How are you? Are, are you on the air with us? Yes, sir. This is, uh, this is Luke Demuse. How's it going? You... Well, hey, man. Welcome aboard, uh... Uh, glad that you could uh, fill in at such short notice. I mean, when I say filling in at short notice, I mean like short, short notice. <laughs> you know, I, 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 if there's one thing I can do, it's I'm, I'm with a fireman. I just sweep next to a pole and jump down it every now and then. <laughs> oh, it's got a good friend of mine, and I happen to be in the neighborhood, so it kind of worked out. All right. Well, uh, Scott's a good friend of mine, too, and uh, I don't know if he's uh, – I told you anything about me, but uh, usually I have to uh, pay to get ahead in uh, the entertainment business. Uh, just ask anybody that's uh, cashed one of my checks. But uh, here's what we're going to do here. Uh, we got about uh, we got about uh, 15 minutes before our first guest uh, calls in. So uh, why don't you let uh, tell everybody about yourself and uh, uh, introduce yourself to our fans? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, well, you're a, you're a legend. I know that. I, I've listened to your show and um, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, you know, Scott turned me on and, uh, to it. And I, 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 I give you props just for you're all the way up north in the, in the Coen Brothers territory. That's pretty – it's a different, uh, different world up there. Um, right. But it's, I, I'm currently, basically a, it's currently a bombing 15 below zero right now. Woo! <laughs> yeah, you can see that. That's cold. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess I give you props. I, I just was slipping sliding out on the sidewalk, just walking to Wawa from, from Scott's place, and I, I don't know. That, that, that's like Siberia with a chain restaurant, they say, right? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a, well, I'm, myself, I'm, I'm an actor. Uh, I've been uh, doing a... Working with Scott, doing the Five Losers online, and it's been a blast. It's uh, the first uh, official production I've done. Uh, you know, I've done other than little little um, little things here and there. You know, but this is like the first real um, Scott hand up thing. I've known Scott for years through my father, and he, um, you know, he he got a like I I, I just we are, we have always clicked. He's uh, Scott and I like as far as uh, you know anybody that that was friends with my dad is a friend of mine, and. And uh, acting with him has been a, it's just a joy, you know, it's uh, like a, yes, under his direction. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's, 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 a, it's a fun experience to actually be part of a set that's, that, that is headed by him. And, and, and uh, we, the, it, the amount of, of, you never know what to expect. Like it, 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 you come on the set and, and it's just that every day is an adventure, but I am in currently was passing through and I got the, redo some of my lines and, and, and do some of the things that I just never saw as far as the, the film aspect and how it works and everything. And, and, um, you know, so I was passing through, I'm kind of in trans- transition from moving from Pennsylvania to going out West. And, um, I'm originally from Jersey. So I'm just coming through to, to say hi to the, hi and bye to my folks. My, you know, you know, last stop before, uh, got my car full, full of crap. <laughs> and, uh, about to hit the open road, but I, I'm a veteran, and um, I was a truck driver in the in the army. That, but I was stationed in Germany, so it was an awesome. Um, other than the deployment in Iraq, you know, it was it was it was a really cool experience um, being a truck driver because you got to see all the different spots and everywhere from the Netherlands down to, to good old New Schwanstein Castle, Garmisch area, uh, and every and everything in between. <laughs> but you know, well, you know other I'll than that, I just we do thank you for your service uh, to our great nation, and uh, we do applaud you for that. And uh, for those uh, listening here in Fargo on 89.1 Kens FM, it's currently minus 2 degrees, but it feels like minus 22 with the wind chill. So uh, if, uh, you, uh, if you have extra bags of ice, go ahead and stack them on the deck. They're not going to melt, uh, at least until uh, July. So uh, you can save money on your freezer bill. Just put everything out on the deck. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you uh, I like how you thought? said that. No. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I, I like how you said, uh, uh, you know, uh, he's a, uh, Scott's a friend of your dad's, and you said a, uh, any friend of your dad's is a friend of mine. Uh, people say about me, any friend of the icons is a friend, but why? Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, uh, your your impeccable humor is uh, always uh, excellent. I, I you, <laughs> 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 uh, it, it reminds me of myself, really, because I, I you can ask Scott. I, I brought 
this little drum set I got at five and below. And I've been trying my hardest to make a joke, but they never come out right. And I've just been going. Well, you know, uh, usually, uh, usually when uh, I have a, a bad joke, usually uh, the crickets in the studio start sounding off, but they're all frozen. So uh, you're not going to hear them until August. <laughs> hey, one thing I forgot to say. Uh, I, um, happy Martin Luther King Day. I'm wearing the yeah. Martin Luther King shirt right now. You know? Uh, yes. I, I got this shirt in a, uh, at Walmart for six bucks, and I actually, I'm wearing it on the right day. And I was just like, yes. But, um, yeah, happy right. Martin Luther King Day. Uh, he was a great man. Um, right. And uh, we have a. We have a big show here tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and let everybody, uh, and by the way, uh, thanks for uh, filling in. We're glad that you're here, and we're going to have some fun. And uh, you'll, you, you've heard the show, so you kind of see uh, how, how dry the humor is, and uh, you've also kind of uh, heard how uh, we kind of conduct the interviews. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce who we got uh, today. Uh, we have uh, Diana Coprina. Uh, she's an author. And she's going to be telling us about some of the books that she's wrote. And then we have uh, B. Walter Waters, and uh, she's also an author and an actor. She's up from Canada, so uh, she knows what it's like to uh, be frozen to the bone. And we have a special, special guest, and it's uh, Anson Williams. He's better known as Potsy from Happy Days, and uh, he's going to be on in the Legends Hour. So we're going to have a lot of fun tonight, and. It's, it's going to be just a great fun uh, with everybody here tonight. And, you know, uh, hopefully, if uh, all uh, things go well, uh, you know, we can uh, eventually have you uh, back uh, a few times. And uh, maybe we can also set you up as a guest uh, and we can talk to you about uh, uh, some of your other stuff uh, as you, uh, you know, and you can I, be a guest instead of filling in as co host. I, I know where I'd rather be. I'm a, this is awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, everybody knows here on 89.1 Kens FM that Attitude Era Live has been, uh, uh, we're closing in on our third year here on 89.1 Kens FM. I believe that our anniversary is in March, if I'm not mistaken. No, I'm sorry, it's in August. I'm sorry, it's August. Uh, our first show is August 9th, 2021, and... Uh, on August 9th of 2024, it'll be our third year anniversary. So we've been here on Ken's FM for about three years, and we've uh, been doing the show here uh, since 2014. We started out uh, just, uh, you know, talking about how bad Monday Night Raw was and complaining about that, and that was interesting for about two weeks, and we decided to branch out to where we are now. So we've had a lot of fun. You know, yeah, so I'll tell you what, you always miss, that. like, it seemed bad at the time, and, and, and then now it's, now it's like you, you wish it was that bad again. <laughs> right, it was, it was you, know, enjoyable. you know, well, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, it's they say that you can only go up from here, and uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's our plan, you know, we, uh, we uh, sky's the limit for what we're going to do, and uh we we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So we're going to have, like I say, we're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, we're just waiting for our first guest to uh, call in. And uh, I'll catch everybody up on uh, what's been going on with me. Uh, I've, uh, I, uh, I had a little issue here uh, over the last uh, week. 
Uh, it's kind of been a hellacious week for me. Uh, I dropped my cell phone, so I had to buy a new cell phone. Uh, so basically I'm trying to get all my contacts and uh, all the people that uh, I had their numbers stored that actually uh, gave me their phone numbers. Uh, so I've lost a lot of them, and I wrote to them. They said, well, uh, that's fine. Just don't worry. Uh, if I want to have you call me again, I'll send it to you. So uh, that's that's that. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, we're ha- we're also having issues uh, at my house. Uh, yesterday, we had a little issue. Uh, we had no hot water at all uh, coming out of our faucets or our showers. And uh, this morning, uh, we have no water at all. So, um, so uh, you can tell how cold it is when your pipes freeze and you have no water coming into your house because the pipes are frozen. It's. Oh, <laughs> But, I thought uh, you were going to up there. Huh? Well, yeah, well, you know, it's like I tell everybody, like uh, when uh, some of the guests that I have uh, call, you know, I book them on the show, they say, well, where's Fargo? What, what, you know, tell, tell me about Fargo. I said, well, up in Fargo, we have, uh, we have four seasons, winter, flood, road construction, and football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking when you were saying the thing about the cell phone, you kind of realize when that that happens how how enslaved you are to these big like you know like how how much uh, I know it when my, I lost my cell phone and all my contacts. I was like, man, am I uh, owned by Google or is it just uh, <laughs> like it's just you know I got all my um, I, had, I didn't realize how many different you know things were I had to jump into just to get all my contacts back. It's pretty intense. <laughs> it's no fun experience. I really feel for you, honestly. Well, you, well, you know, the biggest thing for me was not necessarily the contacts per se. Uh, the biggest thing for me was the fact that, you know, when they invented that app that stores your password so you don't have to remember oh, 47 geez. different passwords, <laughs> I lost all my passwords password. to get into all my stuff. Yep. Uh, biggest... Passwords are the bane of my existence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and mine, too. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, everyone... They all want and the other sad part, right? And the other sad part is I lost all my progress to Angry Birds, so you can tell I'm really <laughs> depressed now. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> you got to find a different one to jump into now. You can't start fresh with Angry yeah. Birds again. Yeah, you will. Time <laughs> to jump on the new horizons. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I I I might have an ace in the hole though when it when it comes to uh, Angry Birds. Uh, uh, every once in a while, just in case something does happen with my cell phone, I'll take a screenshot of the level I'm at, and uh, I can uh, message or email the creator, and uh, they will uh, help me get my progress back. Uh, you know, for uh, for those that uh, for those that don't care, uh, uh, I'm, I'm part of the Angry Bird Society, and we have uh, it's kind of like fantasy football, but it's like game playing. And uh, we we have little contests uh, throughout the year, and basically the thing is I, I'm I'm ahead of everybody by maybe 14 levels. Uh, I'm at level I was at level 1,446, and uh, being ahead of everybody, uh, if uh, I don't get back in and start playing again, they're going to catch up, and I'm going to lose my uh, stature as icon of Angry oh, Birds. Yeah. I don't want to do that. But anyway, yeah. we won't talk. 
Uh, we can talk more about Angry Birds in a little bit, but we need to take a quick little commercial break. It uh, looks like our first guest is waiting in the wings, so we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages, so stick with us for our first guest. Here we go. And uh, if you need your driveway uh, taken care of, call Elevated Concrete today. They will take care of the snow and everything else that you have to deal with uh, this winter. So, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the groom and walking down the aisle, she is our first guest of the night. And she is an author, and she's going to tell us all about getting written up. She is Diana Caprina. Hey, this is Diana Caprina. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live on Monday, 89.1 Kenza FM, with your host, the icon, also the big swing, and the modern nightmare Matthias. Well, how Hello. are you, Diana? Thanks for joining with us. Thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. All right, I want I'm to introduce well. you. I want to introduce my co-host. We got uh, the the director Scott Hand. And uh, we have his buddy. He can go ahead and introduce himself. Go ahead, sir. Hey, it's uh, Luke Muse. Uh, Luke, cool hand, Skywalker, whatever works. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, during this interview, during the interview, Luke is going to use the Force uh, with his questions. Oh, okay. So uh, here's how we're going to do this. All right. Here's how we're going to do this, Diane. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and we'll ask the tougher questions. But first off, we want you to give a little background about yourself, then we'll have some fun. Go ahead. All right, sure. Um, uh, my name, well, again, my name is Diana Caprina. A little background. I uh, came to the U.S. when I was nine. I immigrated from the former Soviet Union. Um, and, yeah, I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I always had a passion for writing. That's the simple, simple version of my life story. All right, so yeah, so we're gonna have we're gonna uh, chat with you about some of the stuff that you've written and uh, some of your other projects that uh, you're involved in. So when uh, when you started writing, what was the very first thing or the very first story that you wrote? Well, the very first story I wrote was about witches. I was about twelve years old. Uh, I had just finished reading a book about witches and that was my inspiration so I took to the computer and I wrote it and I actually wrote 150 pages I deleted it of course after that um but yeah that was the first inspiration but I was such a perfectionist that I just I just couldn't um I can't even find the word. I was just not happy with it. I was not satisfied, so I deleted the whole thing. I re- uh, that's one of my regrets in life, that I actually deleted it. It would be interesting to read it now. Well, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, when uh, when I invite you on a guest, you know, you, mentioned, you just mentioned that uh, you did a story about witches. Uh, you never told me that uh, you wrote a story about my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, you also. Well, I, I wasn't also, aware about the connection. I I didn't know there was one, but now that you mention it, <laughs> you uh, you let the inspiration flow. You you also write poems too, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, I actually find that I actually think in poetry. It's very odd to say, but as I learned English when I actually immigrated. Poetry is how I really learned it, and my father was very strict. So he really said, well, you can't have an accent. You need to really work on that. And he would have me memorize poems and then recite them uh, by heart. And as crazy as that sounds, it actually really ignited that fire in my mind uh, that in the future is very helpful in poetry and prose. You know, uh, I, I, one of the one of my favorite poems uh, that uh, you read, uh, the instrument there that you wrote called the instrument. Oh, that I wrote. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. You read it. Oh, people actually read it. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, speaking of poetry, uh, there's uh, you, know, you know, there's some guests I've had on this show. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the um, one of the guests I had, a female guest, uh, I called her at 2 in the morning, and the poem she gave me was, Roses are red, violets are blue, call me again, I'm going to sue. And uh, <laughs> I thought... <laughs> And I, I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty good, so I said, okay, uh, I guess uh, I'm going to lose this number, and uh, <laughs> I'll have to find a replacement for next week. Anyway, uh, what you I'm uh, afraid you... I wouldn't be able to rhyme that well at two o'clock in the morning. So that that's that's a skill. There was some rhyme to it, so. <laughs> Well, you know, I I know it's like she was anticipating my call or what. I have no idea, but I just thought that was kind of cool. Uh, Diana, uh, Diana Caprini is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kids Heaven. We got plenty of time. We got about twenty four minutes. Uh, when when you're writing poetry and writing stories and uh, novels and books, uh, you know it. Uh, you know, poems are like really short, and you know, books take a longer time because you know you have all the chapters and whatnot. Uh, is there one that you prefer over the other? Um, for me, they work mutually well together uh, because uh, the way I write is based all on true life experience. I, when I talk about anything, it's I really learned how to fail really, really well. I'm a professional. I should get an Oscar medal and everything else on failure. But it taught me to connect my story, and I initially actually started thinking about writing a memoir and that's how I came up with the first the children's book because it was easier and it really helped with my creative voice coming out and then I started working on the memoir and while I was working on my memoir the initial chapters I realized there was poetry was so easy to just simplify those chapters and put it out there and see what sticks what comes back and that's basically the edited, edited version of the first chapters of the story um, is what you've read on Facebook and so forth. Uh, here, Diane, we're going to do a little roundtable here. I'm going to introduce you to uh, my first co-host. Uh, uh, Scott, I know that uh, you love uh, reading poetry and uh, – you also uh, love reading books, and as a matter of fact, uh, you know, you, you haven't read any books, but you wrote a lot of screenplays and a lot of movies. So what do you have for our guests? Go ahead. Hi, Diane. 
Um, hey. Yeah. Yeah. My, my question would be like, what is the fir- first poem you remember learning? Oh, the first poem. Uh, yeah, the I first actually, one you remember learning, you know. Oh, uh, the f- for, uh, first one I remember learning was Frost. Yes. Um, Which one? Fire and Ice. Fire okay. over, oh, see, I do have my dyslexia kicking in right now, so titles are horrible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, it was uh, which one you prefer if you were to perish uh, yeah. twice? Would it be fire or ice? Um, and the other one, I really, it, I really stuck with me. The other uh, frost poem was um, the road not taken, and I really took that to heart growing up. I read that probably when I was eleven, and I really took it to heart. And I really made certain that I would take the road not taken because frost made it sound that as a journey that I just had to get on. So I did. Is that Robert? Yes. Uh, uh, okay. My grandma yeah. had a lot of his books. I, I got, you know, I always loved reading them. Yeah, so that those were really the beginning introductions. <laughs> then when I went in through my dark era, I was very into Plath. So <laughs> Sylvia Plath, I really identified with her. Um, and, yeah, I really stuck with really the greater works, so I would say, um, in the beginning, just because I was learning English and the person that had the most influence was my dad, and he studied at Oxford, so he brought back that, really, the great works and Poe and everything else. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan as well. Yeah. Now, do you find, like, like, if you really did have to pick a premise, would you say, like, uh, the poetry, like, the poems and all that, is that what really got you started with the writing? Yes. That was really mm-hmm. the big, yeah. Just even the memorization, because I, I, right now, 30 years later, I think in English. I don't think in Russian. I, I have to force my brain to turn on the Russian. I have to hear mm-hmm. it, or I have to be like, oh, wait. I feel like having a little personal conversation with myself in Russian, then I will turn it on. But I dream in English. Everything comes in English. And the first initial, obviously, introduction I had was poetry. So I think that's where I play with words. And due to my dyslexia, which I think now is almost like a superpower, is that the play on words. Because I had such a horrible time memorizing word for word. I still struggle with it. So that's where it comes in. I will read the same poem, but I will read it and interpret it immediately and just play with the words, and mm-hmm. it just flows on paper later. And now, I do you like, like to go back and read, reread old poetry that they really all started with that I, I find still in, inspiration in it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you like write your stories, like for your novels and all, do you like? Is it like at any time, like, do you, do you like, play with it any, like, different genres? Like, for example, I'm a screenwriter. Mostly I do horror, but I just finished my first comedy, so I ventured out of, you know, my usual territory. So, like, when you're writing, do you, like, stick with just, you know, inspirational things? Like, do you sometimes, like, you know, play around with humor? You know, does that cross your um, mind? Well, 
all of it crosses my mind. Uh, and the reason all of it does cross my mind is because I, on a, I taught myself a lot about how who I am as a writer by discovering mm-hmm. who I am. And mm-hmm. I wore a lot of masks in my life. Mm-hmm. So, again, when I talk about failure, I mean I, I failed a lot. I'm currently stateless in the U.S. Um, it's a rarity. So, you know, it's almost like a celebrity. But but um, I draw a lot of inspiration, and that's why the initial story I have right now is just to get this memoir out because no, I've never met anyone like me. Um, so I do feel like that I survived way too much. I survived death. I survived overdoses. I got myself clean, um, cold turkey. I quit drugs. Um and I'm still here, and I'm still writing, and finally I'm really excelling at it. And so I feel like there's a lot that I just need to get out there before I can get really even creative and think, oh, well, let me write a comedy, or I love horror, I draw from horror, I can understand the darkness, so I can make a dark one. I was actually watching American Horror Story just um, recently. It's a good one. Uh, the one I loved was season nine. Oh, that yeah, the season nine I was watching. Yeah. And the beginning one, so the writer one, where he goes to uh-huh. Provincetown. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm from Boston. <laughs> oh. uh, Diana Caprina is our guest here I, on 89.1. Uh, we got about uh, 16 minutes here with uh, Diana. Uh, hey, Lou, do you have a question for our guest? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so what, you, you still have your uh, first off, do you still have your first um, book that you've started writing in, like your first journal or um, uh, notebook or whatever it may have been? Uh, such a great question because there's such a story with it. Um, I did. I have one that is remaining that I'm, I'm very fortunate. I hold uh, on tight to it. It took me a long time to actually read what I wrote there and accept it because I remember that journal, and it is from 1999. I remember it being fake because back then I was in boarding school. I had roommates. People were reading each other. It was crazy drama. I don't, I don't know how to explain boarding school, but it's, it's almost like being in prison with a lot more privileges than <laughs> very wealthy people. That's awesome. Um <laughs> And uh, unfortunately, all my journals got stolen. I like how you describe that, though. Uh, It's like a jail, (laughs) but with uh, privileges. And you guys are all wearing uniforms, uh, but you you had to been the uh, you had had to been the best girl at the whole place, right? Um, Well, I tried. Uh, I I I wasn't. Um, I I did, and actually, in my that journal from 1999, I discovered a little poem I had written about trying to fit in with the crowd, and it really brought me back to the grounds of the forest and the boarding school behind the uh, the golf club, and everybody was getting high, and I was standing there, and I was like, I don't want to, but I wanted to fit in, so I ended up getting high with them, but. It was just weed. It's legal now. It's okay. Um, but, yeah, I went back after that, and I wrote a poem. And it wasn't that bad, actually. I posted the, the original um, 
on Facebook and I posted on threads and I got such amazing feedback. I was so surprised. I was like, oh, really? That was just my little poem when I was 15. I didn't even think much of it. Uh, uh, The Crowd. The Crowd. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to read it unless you can recite it for us. Um, I will. I can pull it up on my phone, which I have in front of me. Do I have enough time to pull it up? Well, yeah. While you do that, uh, Diana Caprice, I guess here we got about uh, 13 minutes left with uh, Diana. Now, for those of you who have never seen Diana, uh, uh, she's like a cross between uh, Marissa Torme. Angelita Jolie and Wonder Woman. So you can picture how beautiful she is just by that description. Oh, because she has all three awesome. together. That's awesome. <laughs> is awesome. Uh, I, think I my love favorite Marissa. My cousin Vinny, I love that movie. Great I watched movie, it yeah. over and over growing Hilarious. up. That's when I fell in love with it. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So uh, now, one thing I do uh, while you're bringing that up, uh, Diana, we'll have you uh, uh, we'll have you read that at the end here. Uh, the one thing that we do want to talk about is uh, uh, your book, "The Girl with the Pink Hair." Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, so I that was my initial coming out with my being brave and my voice, and I really drew inspiration from my daughter. She has that loud voice, and I wanted it to be less loud um and i didn't i didn't want to almost steal that thunder away from her i didn't want her to hear be quiet and because she's a sensitive child i didn't want her to think that's something against her so we tried a variety of different things we would sing along and i'd say well instead of doing that do this we can try this or we can sing and that's how story um got into the making and once I started really editing it, I realized I'm really, I drew inspiration from my daughter, but it was for me to heal and touch base with my inner child at that age. And at that age, I would have loved to have pink hair, and I would have been loved to be told not be quiet, but rather go sing. Go sing your child. I would have loved to do that. Unfortunately, I was a child in the Soviet Union, and it is a very authoritarian culture, to put it mildly. So a lot of child's identity was taken away. So now when I reread that story, and even if I want to retouch or re-edit or rewrite, um, I always go back to that point where I was told to always be so quiet. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, in the household that I grew up in, uh, there, was, uh, there was one rule that we had. And it was, uh, you should be seen and not heard. <laughs> Show and not tell. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely show and not tell either. Uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> Diana Cabrera's our guest here, so we don't forget this. Uh, if I. If everybody, if you listen to our show uh, uh, on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that, uh, go to 89.1 Kids FM page on 
Facebook, like that, do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win a, uh autograph picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. And I do believe that, Diana, you are sending us a few or you have sent us a few. I will be sending you a few. I actually partnered with this uh, with my illustrator for Adventures of the Girl with Pink Hair. And he agreed to make uh, the flyers extremely artsy and uh, fabulous. So I'm really excited for what you guys going to get and see and hopefully also see his talent because he's really um, a remarkable person with a remarkable survival, survivor journey. And uh, uh, one thing that uh, maybe we could talk about, too, is uh, the uh, the book uh, that you wanted to uh, write about me, uh, The Further Adventures <laughs> of Mr. Egomaniac. <laughs> okay, we, can, we can discuss that. I might even have a poem right, you know, coming up right there. There's inspiration. Ego. So much can be drawn uh, you know, from just that one word. Well, you know, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned because you know I have a I have a good story that would be uh, great to be put on paper. You know. Oh and, my uh, God! Who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, Diane, that, that that's the kind of producer I have. Uh, when I when I start to get talking about me, that way I know that it's time know not it's time not to talk about me. <laughs> So okay, anyway. I had a little technical technical difficulty. I'm sorry. My headphones oh, didn't okay. want to uh, cooperate with me. And uh, for our fans to check out, if they want to see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Oh, um, I try. I'm trying to TikTok. Uh, stay tuned with that. I do have uh, mainly. I'm on Facebook, Diana Caprina. Um, Instagram, I am. Dianka84, but it's D-E-A-N-K-A-84. But so, so the pronunciation is a little bit different. Uh, and, yeah, just Diana Caprina. If anyone's interested to learn even more, just I get, it's just kind of a little bit cool to say, just Google me. It's all possible. <laughs> so do you, I, have, I uh, do you have – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love what you said about Diana about the uh, dyslexia being a, a superpower because I'm on my fifth concussion and I always felt like I, I was getting, uh, seeing things from a different angle. But, um, you know, I just, uh, maybe, um, you know, I just, uh, I, 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 well, sometimes it's, I think life. sometimes the, the, our weaknesses can be turned into strength if, yeah, if, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, so whatever it is, as long as you can feel in control of your body and you have all your functions functioning, you can turn that switch. It's it's a process. But once you grasp it, I do feel like it is a superpower. You know, there's been a you know, there's been a lot of famous uh uh, performers that uh, were that have been known as dyslexic. Uh, did you guys know that Cher is dyslexic? No, I didn't know that, but no, I didn't yeah. know she's no, Armenian. Yeah, you know, I, I remember uh, I was you, watching a – go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Sarah, I didn't know about um, that, but I do know she's Armenian, so I'm wondering if a lot of us – I'm half Armenian, 
and I did live in Yerevan. So when I moved, knowing that Cher was from, was Armenian, was such a such a big excitement for me. Yeah, Cher lives Sarkeesian Lapierre. As as you guys can tell, I'm a big uh, a big Cher fan. I, I the reason why I found out that she was dyslexic. Not only did I read her book, uh, but uh, there were, uh, Sonny Bono uh, on their show had a joke. Uh, they said, for those of you who uh, don't know that Cher, uh, he says, forgive me, Cher, for letting everybody know this, but uh, she's dyslexic, so she actually started drinking when she was 12, and uh, everybody kind of started I to laugh. I did, too. And, I didn't know that. I have and, so many you know, connections with her now. Yeah, he, uh, then Sonny said, well, the sad thing is uh, her parents then had to uh, enroll her in a 21-step quitting program, which <laughs> was kind of funny. Uh, Diana, you bring this, I guess, here. we got about uh, five minutes here left with uh, Diana. So uh, what else, uh, uh, what other uh, big products uh, that you got coming out that uh, you want to uh, tell us about? Well, mainly for me, it's just really I'm in my creative writing zone and hopefully I do um, I am aiming to have my memoir come out in 2024 um, hopefully it will be by fall uh, no later than that uh, and then again doing a revised version of Adventures of the Girl with Pink Hair uh, we re-edited the title it will be Adventures of PK and the illustrations will be done by Kelly Shelton. And when is that uh, due to be released? Um, October 2024. And uh, do you uh, do you also plan on maybe uh, uh, having it put uh, put like uh, on like uh, Spotify or uh, like doing like uh, a book on tape or a book on CD? Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking. I'm I'm gonna embrace all of wonderful technology. I look at everything we have, all of the social media outlets, everything. It can all be connected and really utilized to benefit benefit the creative, uh, the creative spirit, and really help manifest because it's the only way you you get to put yourself out there and. You get a response, and I, I I get the response, and that motivates me to do better and get better and improve and look back, reflect, and do it all again, and I love it. That is my purpose. Diana, you, you um, I mean, like, uh, I always felt like writing a memoir, yeah, I mean, like, you're, you're, you're a young lady, um, you're going to have a, a follow-up, I imagine. Like, I, one of my favorite books was actually Mick Foley's second book, uh, Foley is uh, Good. It was all about his uh, journey into kind of like the uh, realm of, of writing his memoir. Uh, uh, did you ever read it, The Icon? Well, uh, you know, actually, uh, I, I bet I Nick Foley. As a matter of fact, I look a lot nice. like him. So that's oh, well, uh, how better. I got to know each other. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he, he, uh, his sex sequel to his uh, for, uh, first book was actually, was like I, I like them both, but it was just, I mean, like uh, writing a memoir is a huge task, uh, you know, like, I, I can't imagine even where to begin, but, like, uh, like you're being so young, you must be ready to write a, I mean, you have to be ready to uh, do a follow-up or, uh, I mean, uh, you know, because you don't want to just well, yeah, stop there's, writing, Well, yeah, there's a right? follow-up. I already <laughs> see, it, it will have two books, obviously, because my life is not as simple, and be, being stateless is a completely different area to touch on that I can't even include in just growing up, going to private school, 
sailing, the the rapes, the abuse, the survival, that's just one part of it. But then there's this huge immigration component um, that exists that still affects uh, how I live today. And mm-hmm. that is a completely different book. And I, also, I will title it Stateless because people need to be aware of what happens and what illegal immigration really means. There's mm. so much talk about it, but nobody really uh, understands it. And I had the pleasure of falling down through all the cracks and really trying to pull myself out of them. So right now I'm hopeful I will be a U.S. citizen, but there's also a darkness that, oh, what if, what if they don't, <clears throat> like the petition I submitted or come into my interview, they decide to detain me and all of that is possible and plausible. Mm. It's, it's, it's um, very, very interesting. Uh, Diana's our guest here. We've got about uh, 60 seconds. I'll tell you what, Diana, uh, we, we definitely do want to have you back on again uh, when you do, the, uh, when you do the, the re-release and any other story or any other book that you got coming out uh, that you want to promote. We would like to be your forum when it comes to promoting you, and we would definitely like to be your go-to show for that. Oh, I would love it. I would love to come back, and I didn't even get to read the poem but we have 60 seconds, so until we cut off, I can do it a quick read. Yep, Unless go ahead. this is it. Okay, the crowd. I see them huddled in a crowd, one lighter, one bow. They're all trying to get their hit. I hear the spark. I see the flame. I hear pass it to me. I stand back. I watch. I want to go join them, to be a part of the crowd. A voice in me says no. I hush it up. It's only pot. I slowly drag my feet to join the crowd. I love that. Okay. I love that. Oh, I had to pay homage to that 15-year-old girl in uh, boarding school. So this this is to her. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Diane, you have been so wonderful. I'm glad that you took your time out of your schedule to be with us, and we'll definitely have you on with us again. Oh, thank you, and I really enjoyed my time with you. This was just a wonderful, really wonderful experience, and I really enjoyed the discussion, so thank you. Awesome. We, we love you very much. Thank you. Thank you for thank being you. with us. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good night. All right. That was uh, Diana, ladies and gentlemen. I, 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 lo- I love her. She is just, she is just so beautiful. And uh, we're going to keep rolling after this uh, next break. Uh, we have another guest waiting in the wing. She's also an author. She's from Canada. Uh, so uh, we're going to be talking to her in just a second, but we need to take another quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these timeouts. So stick with us and don't miss what's coming up. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo. Located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the water that fills the tap. Ladies and gentlemen, she is the most beautiful 
author in the history of Canada. She is B. Waters. Hey, this is B. Waters. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your hosts, the Icon, and also the Big Swing and the Modern Nightmare Matthias. Well, hey, B. Thank you for being with us. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Here's how we're going to do this. Uh, We're doing great. yeah, we're going to have a little fun with the interview here. Uh, here's how we're going to do this. Uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back uh, to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But first, we want you to give a little background about yourself. Go ahead. Well, um, I've been writing all my life. I, I started writing when I was 11 years old and was getting picked on by the kids at school, and I like to escape and, like, read books, and it turned into writing my own stories, and I've just been writing my whole life, mostly in a corporate way, in a government way, in media, but I finally decided that it's time for me to tell my story, and so I've written this book that I'm so incredibly proud of called Project Human, and it's meant to be the first in a series of 12. Each book is going to be a deep dive into one of the different aliens that exists in this world that I've built, so I'm just really excited to be here and to be able to talk to you guys about it and to be an author. This is my life dream coming true. Well, I, it, it's you know it's, it's funny you mention that everybody's dream is to be on the show with the icon. I, I know that myself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, we have uh, twenty two minutes here with uh, yeah, we have twenty two minutes here with B, and we're going to definitely talk about uh, Project Human, and we're going to go over all aspects of that, and then uh, hopefully when we're done, maybe we can uh, see about uh, uh, maybe uh, we can turn that into like a movie of the week uh, at the end here. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what was your motivation for writing the book well um i've looked at the history of humanity and i've been told the 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 accepted story of how we evolved into who we are and it just doesn't make sense to me and so i'm the kind of mind that questions everything they like to teach us now not to question things but i question everything and the answers were falling short and then i learned this concept of ancient aliens and the more i went down into the rabbit hole the more i found evidence of extraterrestrials in our history. They're like carved into the hieroglyphs in the walls and the pyramids. Like there's actual, in, in, in the Middle Ages when the Vatican was the one approving all of the paintings that were happening, and if you painted something that was heresy, you got your head chopped off, right? There's paintings of Mary getting the idea that she's going to have this virgin birth, and there's a spaceship in the sky beaming a ball of light down into her head so there's all of this evidence in our history of something that's somehow been taken out and it just sent me down the rabbit hole and where I couldn't find the answers I started filling them in for myself to create this crazy huge backstory of how humanity came into being that you know fills in the gaps that I can't find the truth for you know, and, you know, a lot of people like to say that, you know, aliens and all this, you know, are not real. But for those that say it's not real, how do you know? I mean, have you ever, have you, have you ever seen one? Can you prove they're not real? And this book kind of touches on that. Well, yeah, because not everybody out there is, is ready to hear that or knows that it exists. 
but then Olivia is really kind of the first one who is fully prepared to ascend into the galactic community and be a part of the galactic community and bring the rest of humanity along with her eventually. So this is kind of like her introduction into this world and our introduction through her into, you know, just the idea. I I believe there's got to be something else out there because in terms of like the, the vast expanse even of our galaxy, never mind the entire universe, there has to be other life. And it doesn't necessarily look like us, but if it can get all the way to our planet from wherever they are, they're definitely more intelligent than us. So we need to stop fighting amongst each other and get ready to become part of a galaxy. And that's kind of also where this book is coming from, is that kind of warning that if we don't start cooperating as a species we're not going to be accepted into a galaxy that has better technology and is way more advanced than us. They're going to look at us as being a problem. Now, you know, and that's really fascinating, and I do love that. And uh, we're definitely going, to, uh, definitely going to get into this. Uh, we have uh, uh, B as our guest here. We have about uh, 24 minutes. Uh, we're, we're going to uh, – we're going to, uh, I'm going to save my questions uh, for a little bit here. We'll, uh, after we do the commercial break, I'm going to uh, introduce my co-host, uh, and then uh, I'm going to ask you some uh, hard-hitting questions about uh, your book and uh, uh, how uh, people perceive uh, alien life forms. So uh, first off, you know, Scott Hand, uh, he's uh, known as the director, and uh, what do you think, Scott? This would make an interesting movie, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is very interesting. I, I have one big question for B right now. I'm curious, why the number 12? What significance does the 12? Well, the significance of the 12 is we do have a lot of 12s in our society, but for the, the, the significance of these 12 is that we have 12 astrological signs. Our sky is divided into 12 different parts. So, so that seemed like a good start. And then they're all combining with a number 13 that exists on our planet. And so there's actually 13 good alien species, and then there's some bad ones that are also trying to interfere in the experiment. So it's, it's, it's a council of 12 looking okay. to commune with a 13th. Okay. Okay. That's fascinating. I like that. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, yeah. uh, uh, now, uh, uh, Luke, don't uh, take this the wrong way, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, be the next uh, co-host I'm going to introduce you to uh, uh, is Luke here. And uh, because his name is Luke, he definitely uses the Force, and your book oh, talks yes, about does. the Force. So, Luke, what do you got? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just, um, you know, I wasn't uh, being on a, a talk show with humans. I didn't expect this topic to come up, and I don't know what to say about it now. <laughs> no, I uh, I um seeing my new haircut as Scott is my witness, um, he would tell you I look like an alien right now. I tried to give myself a haircut recently and I kinda got the uh, party up front and uh business in the back reversed. But um I, your your book uh, the thirteen uh, alien species that makes me uh I mean when you said the hieroglyphics uh, you give me signs and everything. You're like, are you uh, like also talking about when they were holding the little per- the, that purse that looks like it could be a battery? And, and I just found out recently that fascinated me was the, the Eye of Horus, I believe, 
has that little thing at the bottom that's apparently going to go to the um, uh, what you would call it the uh, you know the little thing inside our brain uh, the uh, what is the pineal gland? The, yes, the pineal gland. Is that uh, that that is that, any of that come up? I mean, that's that blew my mind when I saw that. Did you have, did you hear about that one? Well, uh, I've heard, I've seen all of the, the the carvings, not firsthand, but like you know through my research and stuff of of these these purses at the bottom. And what more my brain is kind of going with that is that it's some kind of chamber that allows them to focus a magnetic field wherever they nice. want to focus it. And by creating a magnetic field that's portable, you can potentially create a wormhole that you can be able to warp yourself from one place to another. So I think awesome. that what, what those um, ancient carvings are showing are um, potentially otherworldly beings that have a technology that's portable that they can just walk into our world and walk out of it as they please. Oh, awesome. Very cool. And that would all be done with, like, frequency and magnetic resonance. So they're carrying a portable device. And then I have aliens in my my lore that can do it on their own without the portable device. Mm. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, uh, B. Waters, our guest here. Uh, We're on 89.1 Kids FM. Uh, We've got to take another quick quick, uh, commercial break. Uh, So stick with us, uh, and then uh, we'll get to the uh, more tougher stuff. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Sunday between 4 and 6 p.m. for the download with Jeff. That's me. I'm your resident Aussie DJ, bringing you the best new, old, and amazing independent Australian music. I look forward to your company, 4 to 6 p.m. Sunday, right here on 89.1 KNNZ, Ken's FM, Holly Fargo Moorhead. Independent Public Radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back here on 89.1 Kens FM. We got, uh, we got Scott, we got uh, our buddy Luke, and we have our guest right now, uh, B. Waters. Now, let me ask you this, uh, B. When it comes to the, um, the whole UFO and extraterrestrial and alien stuff, uh, do you feel that uh, the government, and I don't want to get, I don't want to make this sound like a political discussion, but uh, do you feel the federal government knows more than they're letting on about extraterrestrial activity? Oh, absolutely! Don't you? I mean, they're not going to take the most advanced technology that they've been able to find and declare it to the world and watch every other country out there try and race to get to the same finish line, because that's what always happens. So it's much better for them to keep their technology hidden and under wraps and not even declare what they have. That's awesome. You know, and one thing I do want to ask about also is uh, on uh, the cover of your book, uh, who designed that cover? So I designed the cover, and then I had, like, a local artist paint what I wanted to paint. So the, the cover itself... Um, the front of the book and then it wraps around to the back of the book is a scene 
from the book. And then there's two spires of light, like my main character, Olivia, is dancing on the cover, and there's a big, giant UFO that's coming in to investigate, but her dance is raising a bunch of light out of the planet, and the way the light twists up around her looks like DNA, and that was a very conscious choice because her DNA is very important to the entire story that's going on in the book. Um, so, yeah, I wanted that exact kind of and, – and it says this is science fiction. It gives you the right tone for, for what you're going to be reading. And so I went and I took that to a local artist, and he made like a digital image of what I wanted, and then he painted it for me, and it's just absolutely beautiful. I couldn't be happier. You know, it was, you know the other cool thing about the book is that when you, when you put – when you talk about the main character, uh, and, uh, you know, I was kind of like reading about, uh, you know, she was bullied in school, and uh, her parents treated her bad, and, uh, you know, she was a runaway, and it, it's, it's basically a, would you say, a, a book of release for the individual character? I think it's a book of finding herself and finding who she truly is and where she fits. Like, she's a... She's a kid who just wants to find her fit in the world. And through this adventure that she goes on, what she finds, like she's having a hard time finding her fit. And, and her peers are rejecting her, and her family doesn't get what she's going through. And what she finds is that there's a fit for her in the galaxy. So it's kind of the ultimate triumph in self-discovery and in, in you know, self-acceptance. And is Olivia based on a person that you know or a story that you heard about? Um, Olivia, some, uh, some of her experiences are experiences that I have had. Um, a lot of writers put you know, themselves into um, their work. So there's things that she went through being bullied that I've gone through. But really, I took a long time to create this character and really get to know her so that every move she makes in the book is kind of authentically her, but also growing as she goes. Like I said, it's going to be part of a series, and so in every book she needs to have a different um, arc that she's growing into something better. And so that's why I've started with her at 14, because then there's many lessons that she can learn as, as she grows and gets to know what her fit is in the galaxy as our uh, humanity's first ambassador, really. Uh, B. Wa uh, Waters is our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. We've got about uh, 14 minutes here. Uh, so when you mentioned that this is the first book in the series and she starts out at the age of 14, how many books do you plan on writing in the series? Well, my plan right now is to write 12 books, and each one will be a different – it will be a deep dive into one of the different alien cultures. So in this first book, it's a deep dive into the jinn and how they exist and, and, and how they're organized and, and how um, some major upheavals happen. I don't want to give anything away. Um, but, yeah, so the, the book one is a deep dive into the jinn, and that's one of the 12 aliens – yeah, one of the 12 aliens on the council – and so each book in, in, my, in my plan is to be a deep dive into one of these different alien cultures. And so book two is already, like, underway. 
I'm 61,000 words into the rough draft of book two, and it's a deep dive into the Atlanteans as Olivia has to go on a rescue mission and find the lost city of Atlantis, which isn't an island. It's a starship. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, when uh, can we expect part two to come out? Well, I, I can't give you an expected time because I've got to write it and I've got to edit it, and I am self-published, and I'm even self-edited. Um, I'm getting really good reviews online. I know what I'm doing because I have experience and I have a very specific story to tell. So I have, like, all these different layers, and I have to make sure I'm managing all of them. So I take my time to get it right, but like I said, I'm 61,000 words in to uh, the second book, so it's well underway. And then do you uh... – and uh, you you uh, you probably might not be able to answer uh, answer this, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, you know, you mentioned that it's going to be a twelve book series. Do you plan on doing like? Uh, is your goal to like do like one book a year, two books a year? Uh, you want to have all the stories out by this year, by this certain year, or have you not even thought that far ahead yet? I would love to do one book a year, and um, I did the 60,000 words during the month of November through the whole NaNoWriMo challenge, which I guess is 50,000 words in the month, and I did 60. Um, so I do, I do, uh, I would like to do one book a year, but I also know, having done this first one, that you know, once you finally get the copy edited the way you want it to, then it has to go to the proofreader and you're managing you know, the, the graphics for the, the book and then a release campaign. It's, I don't know if it's going to be possible to do one every year. It would be better for me if I could release one right before Christmas every year because then I'm hitting the Christmas gift season. And that's like a really good thing to hit. Um, so that's a target, but I don't want to make expectations that I can't manage so uh, my expectation is to deliver the absolute best book so that when people are putting their money down they're getting their money's worth nice. uh b waters i guess you've got about uh, 10 minutes here left with uh, b so let me ask you this where else do you see this going you mentioned that it's a series you want to have 12 books uh do you see like this maybe want to turn uh this into like a movie franchise or a television series well, I tell you what, I used to be um, very interested in trying to get my own television show, and I had pitched this as one of multiple ideas at the Banff Media Festival, and I was told by the VP of Development at Fox Studios at the time, he said, if I sign this, I'm going to take this away from you, and I have to put it under a showrunner who's actually done this before because it's such a big budget. And he said, I want to see where you're going with this. I want to see where your story ends up. So look at Game of Thrones. Look at Walking Dead. Go home and write this into books. And when you have an audience, people like me are going to be in a bidding war over this because this is really cool what you've put together here. So it was the nicest rejection that I've ever had. So um, I, I, I am a filmmaker and uh, more so even a scriptwriter, and I come from that background. So... I've been told that my writing is very cinematic and that you can kind of read the story and see what's in the frame. Um, so I think it lends itself well to that in the future, but right now my focus is going to be 
writing the stories and getting every single story out there so that the people who are loving following Olivia's adventures get to keep doing that without an interruption because I wouldn't want to stop working on the stories in order to start working on a TV series or a film series. That just wouldn't feel authentic to the, to the readers who are waiting for the next episode. So that's going to be my focus for now, but nothing's off the table because I'm kind of writing it also like it can ultimately be turned into a big giant video game. So that's in the back of mind as well. You know, the reason why I was asking is, uh, and uh, I, I hope he's not going to uh, be mad for me saying this, but I do know probably the greatest independent film director in history. And uh, he asked you a question a little while ago. His name is Scott Hand, and he is. And I'm not just saying it because he's on the show and he's a friend of mine, but he is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, independent film directors in the world today. Wow. Well, it's really an honor to be on a call with you. <laughs> I, thank you, thank you. I appreciate the compliments, Icon. I really do. Well, you, you know, I'm not just saying that because I've, uh, you've already given me a job. So, uh, you know, I'm not, we'll talk sure? about that later. We don't, we, we don't want to get into blank checks <laughs> and all that stuff this time right now. Uh, uh, that, that, uh, if, uh, that show's available in our archives. Uh, check out three weeks ago. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we have uh, a few authors, I guess, here. Uh, uh, Project uh, Human is our uh, is her book, and it looks like it was uh, released uh, November twenty seventh of twenty twenty uh, twenty three. So that's where the Christmas uh, tie in comes in. Uh, but and uh, you you may not be able to answer this, or you may have already covered it. Uh, do you have a um, a set time frame? You mentioned you have all these words in. Do you uh, do you plan on uh, setting each book? To be at a certain length, or do you want them all to be at the same length, or uh, each book gets a little longer as you go on? I'm 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 planning to serve the story as it as it needs to be. So, like I've just been working towards um, writing a first draft in this second book, and it feels like it's going to land somewhere between ninety and a hundred thousand for the draft. Which, like this, the first book is. 75,000 words approximately. So that's a little bit longer. But then when I start cutting things down and I start editing away, sometimes things get longer and they get fleshed out. Sometimes things get cut down because I find out that I've been repetitive and I've you know put the same thing in the book twice. I tend to do that if I think something's really important and I don't like reading stuff that's repetitive. So, um, you know, I think I'm in the right wheelhouse for maybe a little bit longer, but um, I think the first book was long because I was trying to introduce so many different characters because we have 12 different species of aliens that are coming in, plus the bad guys, so 13 really. And I don't have the need to introduce that many in book two. I can kind of focus a little bit more on one area, so... Um, yeah, I, I think I think I'm going to try and keep them under 100,000 words. For me, it's more important to deliver short chapters because if you want to sit down and just read 12 pages, you don't want to be faced with a 70-page chapter. And I get that, so I try to structure my books that makes them like easier to read. And then, with that being said, you you, you I'm sure that you already have an idea of where you want the character to go. Uh, towards the the last uh, book, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. 
And you obviously don't <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to spoil it. Well, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm just wondering, uh, I'm just wondering uh, in what book will uh, uh, Olivia Carpenter meet the icon? <laughs> we'll have to figure that out, won't we? We'll have to figure that out. You know what? Like, I mean, book three, I think by book three, Olivia might be like stepping into superhero territory. So maybe we can get you a cameo in there. That would be perfect. And I guarantee you uh, that that book would become a automatic number one bestseller here in my hometown of Fargo, North Dakota, just by mentioning me in there. And I'll tell you what, not only that, uh, uh, if, if, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll make a promise to you. If you put me in the book, I'll promise, I'll, I'll promise to stop calling you at 3 in the morning every morning. And uh, also, uh, we, we can get you hooked up with uh, just about every other talk show that I know of here in my town. <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> and one other thing I was going to ask, we, we have uh, B. Wa- uh, Waters, I guess, we got about the four minutes. Uh, now, with, with this book, do you uh, plan on wanting to do, like, tours, like go to, like, comic cons or uh, sci-fi events, stuff like that, or is that not really uh, in your wheelhouse? Oh, absolutely. Eventually I do. Um, like, i gotta, I got to actually sell enough books to that, that people know what it is and know what it's about, and that's kind of also one of the strengths of doing a multi-book series is like, you know, by the time you get to three or four, people are like, oh, my gosh, have you read this? But, um, yeah, I love all of those kind of things. I'm like a science fiction geek and stuff. Like, I I can't choose between Star Trek and Star Wars. I love them both. So, like, give me Comic-Con. Give me all of these conventions. Yes, please. Like, that's definitely in the future. They had well, better names well, uh, Wars, I felt. Well, let me ask you this, though. If, you, if you'd allow me to, uh, you know, uh, my hometown has got uh, a lot of uh, comic cons and conventions like that. Uh, if I can get you hooked up with them, do you think maybe we could have you make an appearance? <laughs> I'd be down for it. Like, yeah, we gotta we got to look into that for sure. Because here's here's how I picture this: uh, you're you're uh, at a booth at a comic con, and you have uh, you have like the stack of books behind you, and you have the painting behind you, and on uh, on the left side on the other table is uh, Captain Kirk, and then on the other side on your left side is Luke Skywalker, and everybody is going to you and not them. <laughs> yeah, that that's a dream that I could have, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then you could say, uh, 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 hey, Mr. Skywalker, uh, check out uh, Chapter uh, 45. You can tell uh, who, who's your father. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, B, so we don't forget this here. If our uh, fans want to check out and see, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Well, I've got my website, um, www.projecthumanbooks.com, and that's the easiest way to find me. And then on Facebook, I'm at Project Human Books, so that's another good way to find me. Um, And all my links are linked into those, so I won't bother with all the other things that were made at different times that don't match up. But, uh, yeah, we've got a Project Human Books site on Facebook, and we've got the projecthumanbooks.com 
website. And that's where I'm like, I update that website myself. That's where all of the stuff will come up first about the new book. And um, even like, I'm in Canada, so we have a hard time posting links from radio stations because it's considered news media and we're not allowed to post that kind of stuff in Canada on Facebook anymore. So I'm going to post your link on my website and then I'm going to share my website on Facebook and that's how I can use to bypass that. So I guess projecthumanbooks.com is the best place to follow me. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you what, we want to thank you for taking the time on your schedule to be with us. You are awesome, and we're glad that uh, you were with us, and we're definitely going to have you on again. Well, thank you so much for having me, and there is a book on the way. Um, I don't know what day it's going to arrive there, but there is a book on the way. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was wonderful uh, meeting all of you. All right, uh, B. Waters is our guest. That was awesome. Uh, we're just waiting for our, our next guest to call in. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll be back, so stick with us for our big next guest. So uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he should be there right now. So uh, uh, if, uh, if uh, we'll take a commercial break, we'll be back, and stick with us for more. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And we are back here on 89.1 Ken's FM where we're just waiting for our next guest to call in. And it's uh, going to be Anson Williams from Happy Days. And he's got some other projects that he's going to be talking to us about. So uh, when he calls in, we'll be uh, talking to him. It'll be great. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, I'll tell you what, guys, if you want to uh, 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 talk a little bit amongst yourself, I'm going to try and uh, get a hold of our guest. And uh, if you guys just want to uh, kind of wrap a little bit, uh, Luke, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, yes. Then uh, when I get him on the line, uh, I'll be back. So Absolutely. go ahead, you guys. Yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. Uh, Scott, uh, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm Luke. Uh, I, I'm an actor, and uh, I, I like um, been working with Scott Hand here, the best director um, known to man. And uh, you know, I, I can make. I learned from the with. best. I learned from your father, Jim Demuse. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, and, that, and, and like I said, any friend of my father's a friend of mine. He was a, a great artist of uh, yeah. May County area, of South Jersey, and uh, you know. It's, it's, Shoot, you met my father. What year did you meet my father, Scott? 2009. Uh, but his work, you know, uh, I grew up, you know, with uh, you know the Haunted Mansion, the Long Branch uh, ads on TV, and the Brigantine Castle, and yeah. the Lost World that was here, and the Haunted House on Maury's Pier. I mean, all that, all that stuff was. I mean, you know, it was very surreal that he made. So, I mean, it left an everlasting impression on me. That was amazing. You made that documentary about it with him, and um, I, I yes. remember coming back. Uh, that that drove me. I was I was going, jumping across country, and I remember I was like, "Man, a documentary about my father! I have to 
come back to Jersey to see that. <laughs> and, you know, the you know, anniversary of that's coming up in like two days because it was uh, January 17, 2011, we had that premiere at Crest Beer. blows my mind. That's the I know. Really, I know. It's crazy. Fantastic. Um, I mean, the documentary itself was amazing. And that was what I got to, you know, meeting you, and, and it was kind of like yeah. awesome. Just a great, great, um, you know, it, it was great to meet somebody that's uh, so creative and has such a, you know, you have, you, you and my father clicked on, 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 you know, all three, all of us, oh, yeah. but, but I mean, you, right. you know, you, you, he didn't realize how much his work was, uh, you know, that a whole call. Really? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that documentary. And, yeah. and it was like, it was awesome, um, you know, because it was a good, really good time in his life. Um, as far as, you know, yeah. he was getting, he was right at that age where he was just like, he, he needed to hang up the boots more or less. And, you know, like as far as, he didn't <laughs> have to work as hard. And, and uh, he was, he was always yeah, I mean, work, you know, work. He, Well, you know, he continued to dabble in horror all the way to the end. You know? he was oh, always he, yeah. You're, there's no turning the guy like him off. Or, you know, like, no, he, no, he, not he, at all. I, you know, the creative juices, once they start knocking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't just, uh, you know, you, know, you got to see that <laughs> You know, when people ask me, they say, you know, you're a horror writer, a horror director, you know, it's like uh, anytime they ask, I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of influences in the movies, you know, Salem's Lot, County Oregon, all, but I think the greatest inspiration that got me into the horror was Jim DeMuse, you know. You know, and, 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 well, uh, hey, it's, we're, we're here on 89.1 hey. Kids FM, and uh, uh, we're just, like I say, we're just waiting for our, our first guest. I uh, I called them, and uh, I got a voicemail, so uh, I don't know what the issue with that is. But uh, anything is possible. We'll, we'll, we'll just keep rolling on here. Uh, so now you, uh, uh, Luke, you uh, met, uh, Scott mentioned that uh, you were in uh, his, uh, his uh, movie. Uh, what is oh, it? Yeah. Uh, just to kind of give me a little uh, now, Scott. Don't take this question the wrong way, but uh, when uh, you're working on set, uh, set with Scott, what is the atmosphere like? You know what? It, it was. A, it's a, a very. Uh, he, he, he has a, a. He has a direction, but I, I, I tell you what, I never had to pick up a script once because he, he's a very personal director. And, and very. He let. He let. He gave a lot of freedom uh, for for choices and saw where where my like what what I was uh, as far as. Some things that I like, you know, what I wanted to bring to the table. You, you know, he heard all my things. That, you know, regardless if he used anything or not that I said. You know, like it was a, he, he was open to everything. The and chemistry was, on this this picture was the most amazing of all my moves. Uh, this was, I mean, it was it was really to the point where you know, with Kevin Shelley and Luke being the stars of this picture, um, I got them together and I told them the scenario on some scenes, and th- these guys were just running with it. It's like I had starting points in the script. Where you know what was it was maybe like a half a page or whatever, and these guys just took it to a whole different level, you know. And it, the laughs you know, just kept coming. Yeah, it was it was a, such a pleasure to like I I, I enjoyed watching Kevin, uh, you know he, he was he was in life and uh, and I was like enthralled by by his uh, performance and I and it was so great like it was like working with him was like a, a dream come true because he because I I always felt like it would be a good little yin and yang. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. feeling with the two of us, and, and it was, and it was, you know, just immediately um, kind of organic. <laughs> and Scott knew knew that I think putting us uh, yeah. in the, those situations, he really threw us in some funny situations that ended up uh, just 
coming, you know, like I never thought I'd be doing the things I was doing. And, and, you know, and then looking back, I'm like, well, only Scott would get me to do this, but uh, I was just glad I did. <laughs> and how, how long were you guys on set together? The whole shoot, you know, each day. I mean, he was there practically. In fact, we even uh, we even shot uh, one one final scene uh, this morning. There was I had this crazy yeah. idea, which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away. Play, but I'll just say this. Just uh, I hope uh, I hope you like bagpipe music. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> you like bagpipe music? Well, you know, my favorite wrestler was Roddy Roddy Piper. So you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Scott did keep on saying, like, you know, we're going to have to wear the dresses. And I was like, well, you know, he was corrected a couple times about the proper name of the, the kilt. <laughs> uh, good fun. Uh, well, I'm glad set the example of the director wears the kilt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to play, uh, you know, a, a not so intelligent character, so it wasn't too far off, you know, like I was. Basically, method acting, you know, and it was pretty good. Find <laughs> out, <laughs> but my bad joke. <laughs> anyway, I've had a couple of um, test screenings already with, uh, you know, uh, we've had a few work prints, and it's getting better and funnier each time. And uh, so far, the tests are just getting better and better every time we have them. So they're really amazing. I mean, I, so far, the ones that I've shot, th- this one here has been the most memorable shoot. It's been the most relaxed the most atmospheric. I mean, the chemistry with the actors and the actresses, it was just, it was awesome. It really was. It, it, it was. And, and even the, the weather worked out with the shooting. Yeah. I mean, everything, it just kind of like, it came together. Yeah. I really can't, like, I mean, it really, every, all the stars aligned, yeah. you know. It's been in the good graces of one of those 13 species, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, we, had, we had Kevin Shelley pulling the, you know, casting duties and, you know, starring in the film and, yeah, then he even oh, uh, stepped man. up into an associate producer's role. Yeah, he was great. I mean, he was, he was really he was awesome. <laughs> and I, I, I got to, I mean, when I put, I was happy to see that you you, you uh, used your voice um, in that those seat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, God! Scott even got some acting um, in there that was really excellent. Not just uh, nor- not just uh, screen time, but um, also uh, some voiceovers <laughs> with other bodies. <laughs> Dub over someone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just definitely, uh, you know. And I'm, I, I hope to work with uh, Scott. Uh, you know, like I hope to work with uh, you more on, you know, like throughout whatever it may be, whether you know, whatever, I feel like there's good, good adventures ahead for sure. Um, you know, it's under your direction. Uh, I really, uh, mm-hmm. it's a good place for an actor to be. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll get this one wrapped up. Hopefully, get into some film festivals, and you know, with any luck, we'll, you know, we'll be getting together and maybe another six months to shoot a real big one. So, well, you know, it's like when you say, um, yeah, the look of it, like having a horror perspective, it's like, well, just going to Walla, you can find some things that uh, can end up in a horror movie, you know, or going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just the things you pick up on. And everybody you know, knows what that, that uh, uh, starting to film that movie, everybody knows that. What's that? <laughs> Well, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Hand knows I'm I'm looking forward to the starting of uh, filming the Black Ten. I can't wait. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we're getting we're getting some good news on that again. Finally, that's a good thing. 
Yeah, and I'm also writing another. Actually, I'm writing two different screenplays right now, and uh, both of them partnered up with different people. Larry Atkinson and I are writing a holiday-themed slasher film, and then Craig Atkinson came on and said, I have a great idea for a movie. I want to pitch it to you. He pitched it to me. I like the idea. And when he gets back from his cruise in Amsterdam, we're going to sit down and write that one. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a great experience. It's going to be fun. All right, I'll, I'll be back. Guys. Keep talking. Okay. Um, yeah, that was one of the made me want to ask you, Scott, what, what was your favorite, like, what was the, I know the exorcist I said was definitely memorable as far as uh, scary, scary, when I was asked earlier, um, you know, that that really just kind of like bumping the night scary. Do you remember the first one? Yeah, that really... yeah I mean, I, I think I was in preschool, and, uh, you know, I remember my dad had this one on one night. It was uh, called Count Yorga, and I think it was like 1970. It was a vampire movie, and it was one of those movies that uh, he had it on. There was nobody in the house but the two of us, and it was, you know, probably like in the spring, you know, the wind was really kicking up and everything, and it was like, late at night. And I, I just found that movie to be really eerie and scary. And it, it, you know, it really the, leaves the one trouble thing, at though, the end. The one thing I'm looking forward in the Black Ten, of course, uh, Scott, not, uh, and you're probably thinking, well, I'm just saying that because you're on the show. And uh, I just uh, I just got word that uh, our our third guest had to postpone, uh, and uh, we'll we, we can we'll we'll just uh, continue on with uh, you guys, uh, which is which is not a bad thing, but what. Uh, I don't know if you if we can talk about any more about the black tent. That's fine, uh, but you know the thing is, uh, you know, with all the different people that we have uh, in the black tent, is what's really going to make uh, a really cool thing, you know. Uh, and I, you know, and uh, is uh, is Luke going to be involved in that? Is he going to be able to make a cameo oh, in yeah, it? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we already we, he and I already discussed this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. And you're like, I'm, you know, Scott knows I, I, I'm like my dad used to have on his truck, have brushes, will travel. I, I, I bring my, uh, <laughs> I bring my mug everywhere I go and, you know, I can't escape it. So well, I'll show up with that <laughs> and uh, hopefully get you somewhere in there. That's, that's anything good, anywhere I can fill in or do whatever, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the production. And, and that makes me you happy, know, you know. You know, and, and the the list of uh, you know people that have been uh, on the show uh, that's going to be in this movie, uh, Alexis Baca, of course. Uh, unfortunately, Luke, uh, when she found out that she was going to do a love scene with me, she threw that she tore that page right out of the script. She said, "Nope, so I'll do this did. without this page." And then we have uh, we had, of course, uh, Brent Gaskin. He's been on our show. Uh, Ivy Dominique has been on our show. Uh, Scott mm-hmm. Hand, of course, has been on our show. Nadia Steele has been on our show. Uh, Scott Helmrest has been on the show. Um, and uh, hopefully, eventually, uh, we can get some more stars on. Uh, uh, one I would like to talk to is uh, is it is it Mahmoud? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Shuleys. Uh, you want to talk to Shuleys. That's what we all call him. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's yeah, just got an interesting look. And, uh, you know, I think he's, yeah, uh, if he's, he's, you know what they say, if they got an interesting look, they got an interesting interview, you know? Yeah, he, he's really great. Uh, he really is. I did a, uh, 
when I had a couple of meetings with him, I, I did a, a test with him online on a Zoom meeting, and I mean, he's a, a, an incredible actor. I mean, really, he's got a the role that I've got for him. He's just really nailing it. In fact, once he came on board, I started rewriting the role. So to make it more, you know, more beefy, more scenes, give him more to do because he was bringing so much to it. And we're going to have some, a couple of surprise casting announcements coming up, probably in the summer. Um, some really, like some, some really big names coming onto the project. So now, we you, got uh, that coming up. Are you willing to uh, break all the news on this show? I, I can I just don't think it would be right if I did it anywhere else. Well, so I go. think I should do it the right way and just I, I want to hold off on my announcements until I, I do them here. I think that's the right thing to do. Well, yeah, that, that, that's fully understandable. You know, and uh, Luke, the, the cool thing is, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you, you know, you had been, uh, you know, you've been listening to the show and uh, you've been checking mm-hmm. into us, but uh, and we're really honored uh, yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, that's, um, that uh, you, uh, that you're a fan of the show. Uh and uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to. Ha- I've always wanted to have a fan, uh, but usually the fans I have, I have to pay. Uh, you know, just ask Scott. Uh, but you you know, I got the collaborations that you you put together. I mean, you you know, you're 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 a director in, in a great way as well. You know, and it's a, I'm very humbled and honored to be here. Well, you know, and we, we are we we are glad that you are here, and I, I'm just uh, you know we uh, uh, you know we, like I say we just appreciate you so much, uh, and uh, you know basically uh, uh, our third guest is now uh, his time is not going to be your time, so uh, so it'll be uh, so we'll we'll uh, uh, fine. but the thing is uh, from now on uh, whenever we're uh, going to uh, break. Um, uh, news about the black tent. Uh, we will we'll see if we can get some kind of like special team song like. Now to come at the frog. Another fascinating news story. <laughs> so, something like that. Yep, that's good. <laughs> hey, I got you know, a uh, question for you. You you were yeah. saying uh, your your favorite's Roddy Roddy Piper as your. Uh, uh, do you remember that match with him and uh, was it Rick Rude where? One of them had their pants pulled down for the entire match. <laughs> they they oh. never yeah. corrected uh, Roddy, Roddy, uh, Roddy Piper. As a matter of fact, uh, his, uh, you know, his son, uh, Colton Toombs, uh, that, of course, everybody knows uh, Roddy, Roddy Piper. His real name is uh, Roderick Toombs. And uh, his son, Colton, is a, who's a, a great friend of the show. He's been on with mm-hmm. us many times. Uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about his dad. And uh, how, uh, you know, of course, his uh, his dad uh, was not only my hero, uh, but uh, my one of my father's all time favorite wrestlers. Uh, And, uh, you know, we we talked uh, we we talked a lot about uh, how when Colton was five years old and uh, he was in the ring with uh, his dad and uh, Hulk Hogan, the NWO, came down to attack his dad with uh, him in the ring. And how heartbreaking it was, and how emotional I get every time I tell it. I'm going to try not to get emotional here, but I get emotional every time I tell a story about how uh, Roddy protected his son uh, to get his son safely out of the ring, and then he had went to attack wow. those guys. Wow. 
You know, Roddy Piper, I just been just he was an awesome actor as well. You know, I mean, they live. I mean, one of the best films. You know, that I mean, in my personal opinion, you know, like it's it, I, and still holds up to this day. Um, I, I actually had my first. I, I don't know if you remember. Oh, I had Hotmail. That my 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 uh, name handle was a uh, Bubgum '84 because just because of how Rowdy Piper says that line. You know, <laughs> it's like, and he and he was just all. I mean, that movie it had the longest fist fight of all time, and for uh, time, you know, when he's trying to get him to put on put on these glasses, you know, <laughs> and it was and Rowdy Piper was an amazing man, and and then I watched. Some uh, some things about him, you know, later on, and him talking about, yeah, he was a uh, he, he went through some things that, uh, you know, like he he he, he is somebody that can hold on, their hold their head up high when they're going through turmoil without letting it show is a you know very, uh, that that to me is a you know a mark of a of a genuine you know a strong uh, person of uh, and that and Rowdy Piper definitely fit that bill. Um, but uh, yeah, talk about a legend. You know, you can't even get close. I mean, shoot, that's 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 tough to beat, Roddy Piper, man. I mean, uh, you know, and uh, and and you having a son on that's that's like a dream come true. I mean, like, you know, where how who better than the man than his son? You know, like it's it's a great respect, yeah, and that's what makes you awesome. You know, you get you get the best people on your show. You know, that's what the, that's why I like the uh, you know the icon you is know, the icon, right? You know, and uh, the, you know the cool thing. Uh, the cool thing about uh, what uh, Colton did is uh, his father. Uh, you know, used to uh, you know wrestled. Uh, you know, Hulk Hogan to to, uh, to find out who was going to be the real icon of wrestling, whether it be Hulk Hogan or Roddy Piper. And uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, Roddy Piper actually had a uh, shirt made with uh, the icon logo on it. And uh, Colton was nice enough to send me that shirt that his dad wore in the ring uh, oh. to add to my personal collection. Oh, that's awesome. Man. That's, that's, that, you know, that's really cool stuff. I mean, like, shoot. I, 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 like you said, you met Nick Foley. I, I met him, but, I, but briefly, you know, like I just I went to one of his signings and then, I'll never forget. Uh, I, I that was the first time I was ever starstruck. I was I walked up to. Him, I thought I was going to say something really cool, you know. <laughs> I went up to him and I gave my book sign, and I was just like, "Oh, you know what? This is an honor to meet you." And, and he and I got a picture with him. I'm, you know, I'm bent over, looking like a sunburnt little, you know, brat. But <laughs> and he's doing his cool, me fully smile. <laughs> him as well. I mean, there's, you know, the amount of things that he went through just to, in, from losing his ear on the cable to, you know, and to, whew, I mean, he put his body on the line for entertainment. You know, I, I, I always love pro wrestlers because they, they didn't have the off-season that most other, um, you know, athletes had. Uh, they're always on the road, and, you know, like, unfortunately that comes with its own demons. You know, uh, you're, you're on 300 days a year. You know, I, I, I mean, Talk about performing. People, you know, say, "Oh, it's fake." Whatever it was, they're they're definitely putting their bodies on the line and doing, you know, some hardcore physical things that are just not natural for the human body. Hulk Hogan's what spine three inches shorter now from jumping on six feet in the air and landing on his butt. I mean, I, that's like when you really think about that, that is, that's not a fun move to do. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> most of the moves, I can't imagine. 
imagine jumping up in the air and landing right on my focus, you know, <laughs> every night, you know. Woo. You know, I'll tell you what, uh, real quick here, we're talking about Roddy Piper. I, I want to play this uh, little clip here uh, on the show from when uh, Roddy uh, uh, saved his son just before he attacked Hulk Hogan yeah. after Hulk Hogan tried to tap his son. So we're going to listen to this real quick, and then we'll be right back. Awesome. Take a listen. Press down in front of his own son. I can't help but believe this is one of the most reprehensible things I have ever seen Roddy Piper. Okay. Young man is crying. See, now he's taking his son and uh, uh, handing his son to one of the security guys. And now Roddy Piper's taking off his jacket, and uh, now he's going to uh, take Bischoff and Hogan, and he's going to knock their heads together and knock them out. One of the one of the one of the better clips and the more heartbreaking clips, you know. And I talked to uh, when I asked Colton about that. He said that uh, he was so nervous because he's five years old and all these big guys are, are like, around him, you know. And mm, the only yeah. one uh, between him and his doom was his dad, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's a that, – you know, those guys I, – I, I never realized um, – I remember there was a James Way opening or Ames uh, – some department store opening, but they had Sergeant Slaughter uh, there, you know, and, uh, and I was uh, – fortunate enough to be there this was right at the uh the heat of um the, the, the high point of uh steve austin uh you know the 316 shirts and uh we were all wearing the 316 shirts but we were meeting going to meet sergeant slaughter and um i'll never forget seeing him and seeing how big his hands and face and everything you know he's just a big just a bone the bone structure and i'll never forget hearing him talk he said real lightly you know, when I was up there, he goes, I'm going to put this one in the Cobra Clutch. And I was like, it sounded like he said Cobra Clutch. And by the time I finished saying it, he had, had my head squeezed in his arm. <laughs> and I realized how helpless and, and small and, and all the tough things I thought I was and just went out the window. <laughs> it's like, this guy could break me like with two of his fingers, let alone he didn't even need to put me in that room to do it. <laughs> But um, you know, the, 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 these these wrestlers, they're, they're some of these guys are just uh, you know they're like, where, where, how do they eat? Like, how, how do they even uh, afford eating? You know, <laughs> massive. Uh, you know, I can imagine being around Andre the Giant or something. You know, like, um, but you know, they're, you know that's, a, that's a that's a tour. <laughs> you know, the other the other cool thing about uh, Roddy Piper is all the. Uh, you know, uh, he he never got along with Hulk Hogan at all, and he never got along with uh, Mr. T either. And uh, uh, you know, I I know this is uh, you know this is I guess this is kind of a wrestling podcast. We're kind of going back to our roots, but uh, one of my favorite Roddy Piper interviews, and uh, we'll kind of I'll play a few clips about that too uh, here in just a little bit. But uh, you know, and then we'll uh, continue talking to, to Luke, and then we'll uh, we'll go. So let's take a listen to this real quick. You can hear the cloud response from every time he came out. It's nice to be back. You know what? I yeah. have come here to tell some truth. 
I have never heard so many lies in my entire life other than when I was saying them. <laughs> I want to tell you something first. It's my honor to be back here because, you know, I got six kids. My first child was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Presbyterian Hospital. I told you with Hogan, while I was taking on all comers in the garage, he was playing a Swiftie's Barn Grill. You know that highway that goes from Charlotte to Columbia? Well, they were building it. I was driving it, being chased by the cops. I am king of the frat house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just the, the pure, his pure. And I'm just oh, a little oh. peeled. I understand somebody's calling me a coward. Saying that I'm afraid. You know, there's a guy. His name is LL Cool J. He's a rapping <laughs> kind of guy. He wrote a song that said. You slapped Roddy Piper and you didn't get a hassle. You're a liar. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what. Th there'll great. never ever be. Uh, there'll never ever be a, another Roddy Piper. And uh, you know, the, sad, the thing about Roddy Piper when he passed away from cancer, when he first announced that he had cancer, I'm like, well, you know what? Cancer has met its match. There's no way that cancer is going to beat Roddy Roddy Piper. And unfortunately, I, we were wrong. And we lost him, but uh, he will always be revered. He'll always be remembered for everything that he does, and uh, all this. Uh, so uh, we uh, we're here on eighty nine point one Kens FM, and uh, we got about uh, fifteen minutes here left of the show. Uh, I can't. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask. I was going to ask you. Uh, was Piper Sit a big? Um, a big influence for your, I mean, it had to have been, right, for your, for your getting into the, the talk shows? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, well, some of my biggest influence, of course, of course, Piper Spin, I always wanted to, uh, uh, I always wanted to be able to be like, uh, you know, the center of attention. Uh, oh, wait, I already am. No, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always, uh, I always looked up to a lot of wrestlers at like uh, Roddy Roddy Piper and Piper's Pit and, uh, you know, uh, stuff like uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and the... the oh, yeah, the, Barbershop. The Barbershop. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I uh, I didn't like Brother Love, and the, uh, yeah. but a lot of people <laughs> told me I was like Brother Love, you know, loud, obnoxious, and big. Uh, but, you know... I don't think you're getting tan up there, though, right? <laughs> but, well... Uh, well, here uh, in Fargo right now, uh, for those listening, it is currently, uh, our, our temperature is currently minus 2. Uh, it feels like minus 25 because of the wind chill out there. Uh, and uh, it will warm up the way I understand. It's supposed to be 30s by the weekend. Uh, you know, usually at this time, our winters usually get pretty brutal. And we, uh, we've actually... We, we, we've actually been pretty lucky because when you can look outside and you don't see uh, piles of snow up to your uh, waist, uh, you know you're doing pretty good. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is the first time in a long time I remember that we actually had a brown Christmas, and it's just amazing <laughs> that uh, our winter has been nice enough as it is. 
you know, you know, um, uh, when you say Roddy Piper, I mean Roddy Piper is definitely in, in my top five favorites. But my favorite has to be uh, another one that unfortunately went left a too soon. Uh, good old Randy Savage, Macho Man, and uh, both of them. Oh, take it, brother! You put them in the ring and you lose them in the ring. <laughs> Cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know the, the thing about uh, the thing about uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is uh, we've had a couple of his. Uh, uh, I had his first roommate on, and I asked him. I said, uh, "How many times did uh, Randy Savage say to you, hey, brother, you forgot to do the dishes again?'" You know, and uh, and uh, uh, we also had uh, uh, Onyx on. Uh, she was in uh, Spider-Man with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, and uh, oh, wow. yeah, she she told us all about uh, how uh, before they would start filming, uh, Randy Savage would actually have two full pots of coffee. And, uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> and uh, he always would carry a fanny pack, and you know, in a fanny pack, he'd always carry drumsticks of chicken. So before he would do his thing, he'd always have two pots of coffee, and he'd have four or five drumsticks to eat before he went on set. Wow. <laughs> you know, I had no idea that that movie, uh, that he got himself injured in that, that, that film, uh, the Spider-Man, when he did Bone Saw. Like, that blew my yeah. mind. Out of all the wrestling yeah. he did, he ends up getting injured in a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I mean, you know, I, I love those first two, not the third, but the the that with, with Macho Man, I mean, again, then watching it back, it, I mean, I always wondered, like, I was like, man, that, they, those movie effects make that hit, that that bump look so vicious, you know, but here it was vicious, and and, and I, I don't know why I've been so fascinated by, I wonder how many injuries, um, you know how they say WCW used chains instead of, um, Vince McMahon uses boards for the ring still to this day, um, like, you know, you know, that's so old school. And I wonder, you know, like if, uh, let's say, Steve Austin's um, neck injury, uh, or I just wonder how, if that would have happened if it, they did have the same setup as the WCW ring. You, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, like do you think that, uh, you know, I mean, it would, it would, there was no possible way it could be the same, right? I mean, words first chain, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, wrestling nowadays with AEW and uh, the WWE is, I mean, it's just, it's just not the same anymore. Uh, you know, it, it was, you know, there was, there was a point uh, where, you know, Monday nights were the, was Monday night wrestling night, you know, between WCW and the uh, WWF oh, yeah. at the time. And it, it's just not. It's just not the same anymore. Uh, you know, I used to watch it religiously. I would never miss it. And during the Monday Night Wars, what I would do is I would either flip it back and forth between each show or yeah. I'd record uh, Monday Night Raw and watch yeah. WCW because it was live. And then uh, I, I would usually go to bed maybe like oh, yeah. 1, 2 in the morning. And, uh, you know, uh, I had a trouble. <laughs> I'll admit this. Uh, I had trouble staying awake during class on Tuesday mornings. And... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, I always had an English teacher that the next morning, and uh, uh, I would like kind of like doze off. And my teacher would come and say, "Were you watching wrestling again?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I was. Sorry, you know." I, uh, I got the bittersweet side of it too because uh, this is how 
ridiculous. I mean, I was I, I had a bunch of VHSs that say 1999, you know, overall, and you know, it's like a, I, I I don't know why I them all as I I, I don't I couldn't begin to tell you how to watch them all, but without a VCR anymore. But um, you know, it's like I I I remember I, I was so sold on it. I was eating the uh, the overstuffed raviolis by Chef Boyardee, and I gained weight. But then I lost weight because of the stacker too. <laughs> commercial fun <laughs> Monday Night Raw, and uh, you know those 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 nights were fun because you did you jump back. I mean, I would jump the the Nitro just to hope to see Bret Hart because I was into yeah. wrestling, you know, in the golden age. But I, I, that documentary, the Wrestling with Shadows, really got me. It's kind of um, amazing that that really got me intrigued. In, you know, back into it, and that was what made McMahon uh, a central character. And, and I often think when people say the Mount Rushmore wrestling, which I'm, I would love to know what yours were, are, um, but I, I would have to say, mine, just to say it real quick, would be Steve Austin. I mean, you have to put Hulk Hogan in there, love him or hate him. I mean, I love Macho Man, but I'm split between putting Macho Man or Andre the Giant, and I have to put McMahon, Vince McMahon, senior, or right. Vince McMahon, you know. Kevin Kennedy. Um, well, you know, it's, that, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Bret Hart. You know, we uh, one of the first guests that I ever booked on, on our show was Julie Hart, his ex-wife. Bret Hart is my, you know, that Bret Hart is uh, the, the most complicated, but one of the, I mean, best technician. Uh, and he got me watching wrestling, and I was, you know, I, I, I watched. I tried to see him on Nitro, but it was just. He was either not utilized or, you know, it just, um, it, it, Raw was just a better product uh, at the end of the day. And it just kept me on. And then it just became NWO took over everything. And I loved, I loved Bret Hart though. Like and it, it, when, when he was in, uh, <laughs> when he, him and Shawn Michaels, I mean, shoot, I mean, like that whole product, the, the product of, of WCW, there were too many guys. You didn't even, you couldn't have a four way every single main event and it would have a different, or, you know, or wrestlers at the main event. Well, you know, get if, you, away uh, if, you know if you want to, if we want to talk about uh, my Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore wrestling, yeah. it would have to be, uh, 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 yeah. it would have to be uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and yeah. it would have to be, um, you know, everybody thinks I would say Hulk Hogan, but not really anymore. Uh, when I was a kid, yes, but not really much anymore. Uh, so let's see. I uh, I'd have to I have to pick two others. Uh, who else would I have to say? I'd have I'd probably have to say Mick Foley. Uh, yeah, definitely. Mick Foley. Oh man, it's a tough. Of course, he would be fight. the only one on Mount Rushmore that would have three heads. You know, Cactus Jack and Dude Love and Mad uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Guy. <laughs> and, and how many uh, years is that? <laughs> right, yeah, and I guess if I had to put my fourth face on there, it would probably have to be uh, The Undertaker. Uh, the Undertaker, like, you know, I mean, that coming from a wrestler's point of view, it seems like the natural choice, you know. He, he, his longevity, uh, and, and as far as staying in character, um, I, you know, I, I mean, the reason you have to, I, I feel like you have to pick Hulk Hogan. I mean, you know, you, know, you pick whoever you want, but it's like, Hulk Hogan was the 80s, you know, I mean, as much as, even if he was a back, door, you know, back uh, locker room politician. And then he was the only one that really did babyface and heel both effectively. I mean, come on, like, you know, when he was uh, the, the heel, 
he was just as important as face, which who else has ever done that, really? Like, right. I, mean, you know, I, know, I guess I'd also, put, I'd also put Bret Hart on my, uh, my uh, Mount yeah, Rushmore. I, you know, well. that's why Mount Rushmore, it just has to be a different different uh, thing. You know, it has to have maybe the, um, the, the, the Last Supper or something. <laughs> it has to be, you know, more, more positions. Uh, it's too hard to do four. Uh, but like I mean, I think Vince, like I guess it depends on what what angle you're cutting it from too. Because I mean, I, I guess I always looked at it as which ones had the most um, casual, like the most mainstream appeal as far as non wrestling fans knew who they were, or you know what impact they had. And Steve Austin, I mean, then you would have put The Rock in there, or or you know, but like how do you not put The Rock or say Ultimate Warrior, Macho uh, Man? Well, Holmes you know, Earth, I'll tell you. If if I if I were to go uh if I were to go that I'd have to say uh Roddy Piper, uh yeah, Stone Cold Piper. Steve Austin, The Rock, and uh uh Bret Hart. Or, Hart. Or, and, uh, definitely the ultimate but warrior. The best, Mick Foley's best selling New York author. How many wrestlers are that, you know? It's like three it's three books tough. too. Three books yeah, too. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean like I don't know, but that and that book, that, that I'm like I said that earlier, that second book, man, that opened my eyes to the whole industry. <laughs> you know, uh, we got about uh, we got about uh, two minutes here left of showtime, and then uh, then we'll uh, uh, now, uh, uh, Luke. Hopefully, you'll be able to join us again. I know Scott, you'll be back next week, right? Yep, I'll be here. You know, I'll tell you, I, I, I got, I got, I'll tell you this story real quick. One of the coolest wrestlers I got to meet uh, was China. And uh, uh, and I uh, of course, I, of course, I've had uh, I, Brock Lesnar has put me in a headlock, uh, but uh, when I'm, not not too many guys can say that they actually got a kiss on the cheek from China and uh, her lip print was on my cheek. Not too many people can say that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're uh, yeah, shoot and. The only thing, the That's only thing is, she of, wouldn't go out with me. I tried, but she wouldn't. <laughs> China would be the perfect uh, uh, person to go out with, because she could definitely uh, take what you could be a bodyguard and your hot girlfriend. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Putting the whole thing with you. You know, if I, I probably shouldn't say this, but if I had to uh, pick uh, uh, the worst wrestler I ever met, uh, would be Stevie <laughs> Ray. One half of Harlem oh, Heat. Okay. And uh, no you can hear, I, I can't, I can't remember. I, I, I believe he was on with us like four years ago now, and he was. Uh, you can listen to that in our archives. Uh, he was a complete, well, something to me, and uh, I'll never forgive mm. the guy for that. But mm. anyway, uh, I so have a anyway, good story we got about, about Psycho uh, Sid when you sometimes for you. <laughs> yeah, we got about uh, thirty seconds here. Uh, so uh, until next week. Uh, Join us every Monday night here on 89.1 Ken's FM, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, love each other, care for each other, always be safe. And remember, it's not goodbye, it's just good night. We will all see you all next week. Be safe. Join us then at this time. We'll see you next week. You think you know me? Yeah. Baby, you know, keep it
listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. So you're hungry, and you're thinking about someplace to eat? Well, I think of the Shack on Broadway, located in North Fargo at 3215 Broadway. They feature daily breakfast, lunch, and dinner specials, and have been twice voted best breakfast in town. 